0: Shushbox Podcast, a safe space for self expression, healing, and empowerment.
1: Brought to you by Shani Ra, writer and artist,
0: self love and embodiment coach, Jacqueline Michelle, and Sunita, founder of Shushbox, the world's platform supporting survivors of sexual trauma. Hello, Shushbox community. Today's episode of the Shushbox podcast is hosted by self love and embodiment coach Jacqueline Michelle, and she'll be joined by Lisa Koppler, yoga and meditation teacher. The topic of conversation is Choose Your Weapon for Healing. We hope you enjoy. We will also add a small trigger warning as this episode does detail a repressed memory of sexual abuse and trauma. So please be mindful of your body and emotions whilst listening. Hello, Lisa. How are you, darling? I am very good, Jacqueline. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're so happy to have you. And
1: I am so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Let us uh, a little scoop into your world. All right. So I am a yoga and meditation teacher. I'm actually getting officially certified for in intuitive meditation, which is just about meditating by staring into your cat's eyes or meditating while cleaning. It's it's all about really living in a life of meditation. And um, how I got into yoga and meditation was because I'm a survivor of domestic violence and sexual abuse. It actually was all happening around the same time in yoga, they talk about root chakra years and my root chakra years age zero to seven was very much filled with trauma. And, um, from that, I thought the way to healing that trauma was to be as successful as possible. I was like, I'm going to get like the car and the house and the career. And, it started around when I was 16, I became an overachiever in order to heal all of that trauma, but it just kind of made everything worse. (laughs) And I started, um, you know, experiencing symptoms of an eating disorder. I wasn't sleeping at night. And my sister was like, you know what, let's just go to yoga because my parents really didn't understand what was wrong to me. Everything seemed so fine on the surface. My my grades weren't being affected. Um, it was more of this emotional trauma that was coming up and I didn't really know how to handle it at 16. So when I, you know, first stepped on the yoga mat, I fell in love with it and became my lifestyle medicine. And, and now, um, it's my passion to allow others to use that as a tool to manifest and heal in any way they, they need to. Ah, what a
1: beautiful story. And it it resonates so much too. Like, it it really is true, even on a root chakra level and a psychological level. Like, those first seven years of our life were so malleable, we're so adaptable. And what we're absorbing then really becomes, fortunately and unfortunately, the foundation of how we move through the chakra system or through the rest of our psychological development, you know, Um, and then especially through our teenage years, I feel like with or without trauma, like there's so much new emotion, so many new hormones and it's like, whoa, what do I do with my hands? Like, what am I supposed to do with this body of mine? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's so interesting that sometimes we think of yoga as like this, you know, woo woo. Um, spiritual path, but in reality, it's just a platform. It's just a space for us to connect to our body and our breath, and that really is the avenue of healing in so many different dimensions. Like it, and it can be in so many different things. It doesn't have to be downward dog. It can just it can be through cleaning, like you said, and that's a form of meditation. I very recently got into instead of making um, twenty minutes to sit down and meditate, can my life? be complete presence and meditation. Can I really be aware? And it's so interesting too, because I've noticed the different layers of awareness at first, it was like a narration for me, like, okay, I'm washing I'm washing the dish. I'm going to put the dish here. And then it's like, can I do it without even narrating like complete mm-hmm. silence? And it's so interesting that whenever, and it's not like the mind is going to be silent. You want the mind to be present with you. It's a beautiful organism, but it's like, can I really be with my senses in this mm-hmm. and this and with my body? Cause there's so much wisdom that we experience through this vessel, but we've been taught the complete opposite. No, you need experience through the mind. You need to navigate through the mind. And there's so many of us that are disassociated trauma or not and it's, it's so beautiful when you can fine tune it to the simplicity of life. Oh, here's my body. Here's the sensation. Here's this texture. And it's so simple yet. So healing
0: Preach! I feel you girl. all <laughs> preach, preach. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't put it better. Yeah. I couldn't put it better. That's exactly okay. what it is. It's, it's the idea of you said it perfectly. Society has kind of taught us to cut off the senses, the connection from the body, but the body keeps score. You know, that's, that's a book. The body keeps, it's literally a little chip that records all of the data, all the experiences, the good experiences, the traumatic experiences that have happened to us. And if we cut ourselves off from our physical body, from our breath, we are cutting ourselves off from our life experience. We are pretty much saying I can only live a specific life. That's very censored. That's very safe, but that's not really living the whole human experience. Unfortunately, letting all of that in and letting the healing um, aspect is all about living life. So I love that. You're, I love that you're so on the same page with that. I'm happy. (laughs) Yeah. I love it too. It's a really cool thing. Something that I
1: feel like I learned in the beginning of my spiritual path was like transcend the body. And it wasn't until I started really getting into Tantra and somatic therapy that I was like, oh, transcendence happens through and with the body. The body isn't going to go anywhere. And that book, The Body Keeps Score, it was such a beautiful flow of like the somatic energetic hold that we that we have, as well as how that really directly relates to the brain. It was it was a really good read. Um, but you wrote this blog for us not too long ago, and it was so beautiful, so intimate, and so true. It's called Choose Your Weapon for Healing. And if you don't mind retelling the story for our listeners, I think it would be so moving for all of us.
0: Yes, it was hard. Jacqueline, I'm so happy that you guys gave me the opportunity to write that because it was hard writing that blog. <laughs> it was really hard That's going back. Yeah, but uh, it was also much needed. So, this uh, yoga has um, an aspect to the practice called uh, visceral memory. And and Jacqueline, as you said, like the body keeps score. There is this connection between our mind and our body, and it it holds on to a lot of things. So, a lot of visceral memories were coming back to me deep into uh, my yoga practice. And one of them that was coming back to me was like a sensation, you know, around around my root chakra area, you know, around my genitals. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is this sensation? And, um, I tried to meditate and go back, but when I did immediately, my body, my brain was like, no, we're keeping this in lock and heat. We're not going there because 2020 and 2021 has been such a time period of awareness of healing um, of people really looking internally at themselves. I too was on that path. There was a lot of change happening around me um, and within me. And one of the um, things that came up a lot was different layers of commitment. And I've been with my partner for a while and different layers of commitment from someone who's a survivor of sexual abuse becomes very, very challenging, and to be committed on a lifelong journey and a lifelong path, however that that translates, can be very triggering. A lot of things can come up, and if you want to commit, and if you want to commit to the path with that person through love, it's like those things will be like, heal me, heal me. So, um, pretty much I went through a spiritual experience with, um, with psychedelics, which I don't recommend to anyone. It's a very specific tool that you can use if you are ready for it, if you want to do that. And it happened to be on our anniversary and I was having memory uh, recollection. I was being led by an ancestor having memory recollection. And I was remembering all of the good, pleasurable sensations of my body, specifically with my partner, all the beautiful moments that I didn't realize were healing moments. It was almost reaffirming the good. Once I got through all of that, um, that's when the shadow, the shadow comes out, the, the spirit shadow comes out. That's like, heal me. And uh, that's when I remembered my uh, rape experience. And I remember coming out of the trance and being like, oh my God, I was raped. I I was raped. I was raped by um, a, a boy next door who was also probably being abused. And because my parents were in a domestic violence situation and they were separated at the time, my mom wasn't really paying attention, nor was my dad. So it was almost like, he was, uh, seeing a perfect, uh, victim in a sense, uh, because he was a victim himself. And unfortunately he decided to take out all his anger, all his pain, uh, all his trauma out on me. Not every single person that suffers sexual abuse goes that route. Um, I didn't, I don't like harming others, but unfortunately we live in a world where some people that's, that's what they think the route for them is. And when I remembered it, um, it felt amazing. It felt freeing. And it also was extremely painful because now it's like that body memory that you could not really recollect with inhibitions once you allowed this plant to heal you and you allowed all the neurons of your system, of your brain to open up, you were able to recall this memory. And luckily I have a therapist for 16 years. So I was like, um, so do psychedelics, you know, do they like create false memories? And she's like, yeah, no, like, so let's talk about this. So, um, yeah, if you ever have experiences like that, uh, just know that to me, it's a sacred, it's a sacred, uh, spiritual experience. You're going into the spirit world and you're the spirit is like, if you, you come with a question for me, it was, I want to commit even deeper. I don't want to be so afraid of commitment. And they're like, then you need to heal. So from that, Jacqueline, um, once I was like, okay, I need to heal this now that I know what to heal, how do I heal this? And I couldn't really find a lot of very famous gurus or teachers when you type in specifically YouTube or Google, you know, sexual abuse, healing with yoga. There are some things, but a lot of things that come up is, you know, Buddhism and the Dalai Lama handling the sexual abuse allegations within Buddhism. And you see gurus who are saying, well, you know, it was an experience that happened and you breathe through it and then you let it go and it's in the past. And though that is the essence, yes, letting go is the essence. It's so much more than that. It's the healing process. You're kind of bypassing this whole healing process and the language um, from to get from point A to B is being lost, especially within a modern era of healers, of female healers, of people who are survivors. There needs to be more of a conversation about the process not the destination the process and i began to go into deep meditation and just I'm like i have to find this answer for myself and something that came up was choose your weapon for healing <laughs> choose your weapon it was like
1: spirit it was like yeah hong kong yes. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: exactly you know choose your weapon for healing. It's, it's that idea of, do you want to cry? Do you want to mourn? Because every day living with the memory, I went into a grief cycle and I'm like, this is my way yoga and crying on my yoga mat and getting angry and talking to my parents and saying, this is what happened to me. This is what, you know, is part of this long lineage within our family. My mom And I I believe many people within my family are survivors of domestic violence and sexual abuse. This has all happened. It's a cycle. And being honest about that was a part of my healing, getting angry, talking to my partner about it, talking to my therapist about it and taking different spiritual avenues for myself was all a part of this healing. And it's different for everyone. And I think if spiritual leaders actually stepped up to the plate and said that truth, there is no, I can tell you about the destination. There's no way I can dictate your process for healing. No way. That's your gift, unfortunately. And also your
1: and so fortunately, your, fortunately too. It's like, how yeah. amazing is it that we really get to choose our own avenue? And I remember whenever I read that blog, it really brought up so much memory for me of like, oh yeah, I remember in my process of reconnecting to my body and letting my body come back online. Like it was like this kind of like you said, like A to B, but there was no like 8.1, 8.2, 8.3 to get to that full B. And you almost get lost in the weeds. And then it takes away that, what the true purpose of healing is, which is listening to your own wisdom and following Mm -hmm. your own guidance. And I think something that you said that was so powerful in that was like, you legitimately get to choose if it's fighting, if it's screaming, if it's breathing, if it's dancing, if it's cooking, and that becomes your genius, that becomes your medicine. And there's going to be so many different people out there that are going to relate or are going to relate or aren't going to relate, but we're still getting to that end goal, which is, I don't even want to say transcendence, but deep embodiment and presence of who you are. Mm, and yes, and I feel like only within then true transcendence can happen because then you're in coherence, right? And and that's not even the goal. Like transcendence isn't the goal, but coming back to the self. And I just, yeah, that whole thing that you wrote was just so powerful and a really refreshing reminder for me too of trusting your own medicine. And it doesn't mean that you can't take tidbits from other people. I've learned from some fascinating teachers, and it's been really beautiful to take what serves and leave what doesn't. And there's even times where like, well, I've been like, okay, this teacher said that I'm going to go, this is, this is how I'm going to do it. And then I'm kind of like, oh, this doesn't, it, it wasn't what needed to happen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, so yeah, just really listening to yourself is a really beautiful path.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you may find a teacher that you're like, I so vibe with, I so connect with your method. And then you try it and you're like, this doesn't work for me. And that's also great to know. And and okay. Yes. I love that you said that because again, these are teachers that I respected, but we also have to look at the truth about the wellness industry. It's it's not completely, or, or wellness in general, it's not completely safe. Um, you know, we had Bikram, which we, which a lot of uh, that documentary came out with Bikram and a lot of survivors of his abuse. And we have to be really realistic with the fact that this is still happening. This is still happening within our own community. So, not everything is going to work for everyone. And unfortunately, those teachers have their own type of healing to do because it's like if you have a hard time speaking about it, that's a form of healing you need to go through. If you have a hard time giving tools as a teacher, that's something that you need to digest. And not all the teachers are going to have the answers. But I think it's very important that we start being honest with where we're at on that process. All of us, no matter how famous we are as a teacher, how knowledgeable we are, that we just start really being honest and having um, conversations that are more authentic instead of get to point B. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you have to swim across the river. I can't tell you how. But that's what a backstroke, side
1: stroke, butterfly stroke. Figure right? it out,
0: <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Very cool.
1: So I have a question for you on on how going into the commitment, like unfolding this this. this hmm, how do I word this? How facing your shadow, it opened you up to more love.
0: Like how how does that really work? Because it almost sounds backwards, right? Um. So because the universe is very cyclical and interesting, my partner who I was ironically working on commitment, deeper layers of commitment with and understanding what that meant for us in a relationship and me as an individual, he just happened, we just happened to run into his uncle who's a shaman while I was in Ecuador going through this deep process of healing, choosing my different weapons and seeing what that looked like for me. And, uh, because he's worked with psychedelics and plant medicine for many years, and he's a doctor as well. So he understands all the science behind it. We asked him about the idea of what I went through or, or, you know, what I went through in general, what was that all about? And he was like, congratulations, you did great on your little spirit journey. I know it really like sucks now, but this is why it sucks. And this is why it's beautiful. You have embraced your shadow. You are now walking with your shadow, not running from your shadow, not pretending your shadow isn't there. You are embracing your shadow. To love someone also means to fear losing them Mm -hmm. and also means to fear getting hurt. To take a risk with someone and yourself means that you may fall. That's why it's a risk. But the beauty is you also may fly. So these things go hand in hand. We like to couple compartmentalize and think that, you know, one is, it should only be love, right? It should only be happy times, but that's not life. We have a shadow. We have a shadow with us. We can't run from it. We can't pretend it's not there. Embracing it means embracing all of you. And it means I can embrace all of you, Jacqueline. It means I can embrace my partner and everyone else. Understanding that we have light and we have dark and they work together. One isn't worse than the other. One isn't lower than the other. One isn't more glamorous than the other. They just are. Mm. So that is how, when he said those words about embracing your shadow, he even had this beautiful song, which I'm like, it was in, it was in a Quechuan native Spanish tongue. And and, and there's no way that I can sing it or, um, but the translation was just that it was accepting your shadow so that I may find um, someone or a group of people where I I can embrace their shadows as well. That is the whole process of this. If we can be healed, we can continue to do the work of healing. If we can love ourselves completely, we can continue to love others as completely as we can unconditionally as we can. And I think that's so important for women to hear if you are, you know, in a relationship and sometimes there are these ideas of how it should be especially if you're a survivor of sexual violence it's like oh it should be I should only have butterflies it should only be the peak it should be like a romance novel because that's our you know social society's way of this is how a relationship should be it should be like Titanic you know and it's like no it's actually more like the death scene in Titanic and and life it can be messy and but that's the beautiful things because his death kind of transformed her yeah and we, yeah yeah And it really came to like, I'm just thinking of the symbolism of it now, like she literally
1: had to let go and he gave her that permission. Don't stay here where it's cold and dark. We had something that was beautiful. You're going to have to let go, but look at this. And then at the end of the movie, you see all the pictures of her going horseback riding and having babies and at at the circus. Wow. I love that movie even more now, just because of the symbolism that you put into it. And it really
0: is, it really is like that. Yeah. It's accepting that love is the best case scenario for your love life is one day you will have to let one another go, but it's not about that. The focus is not about that. It's about all the things, the beautiful things around that. So really accepting that as a part of life and not running from it will also help you. I, I, at least it has helped me, but maybe a tool for someone to really think about the commitment, the love that they have in friendships, in family, in romantic relationships they'll look at it as like, okay, this is a tool accepting your shadow, accepting the ups and downs is a way of loving more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. There was something that a coach said to me once of uh, expanding your
1: pleasure threshold. And Mm -hmm. it's so, I really, really love that. And I felt like when it comes to shadow work, if we even think about it as a somatic level, like it literally creates blocks like energetic or physical blocks in our body. And it's really whenever we are able to maul through it and move through those blockages that we're automatically able to feel and receive more. And it's like the more that you expand your capacity to not suppress or hold anger, but feel and move and breathe with anger, then you're also able to do that same with nicer feeling frequencies, such as love or compassion, because we put these titles on emotions. Like you said, like there is no good or bad, shame, anger, fear, they're just frequencies. There's just emotions where it gets sticky is when you hold on to it. But if you just think about it, if emotion is just energy in motion, so anger is the same as love. And if you can just feel and move and breathe with it, then you're going to be more embodied. You're going to be more connected to yourself and more connected to other beings. And that doesn't mean to unconsciously be angry and hurt, but to consciously be angry and feel, you know? Oh,
0: yes. Yes. Feel that's exactly it. That's okay. exactly it. Oh my gosh, yes. I love that. I'm going to take that with me yeah. as a tool for healing. <laughs> but no, really, I love that's exactly it. We sometimes again feeling, you know, we're souls living a human experience. Feeling can be really challenging, but it's also what makes us human and mm-hmm. makes us embrace all the beautiful things. It's mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to feel. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. And then going back to the different layers of healing too, if, uh, if I may use your
0: visceral, what you say was called a visceral memory? Yeah, a visceral memory. So um, if you are practicing yoga for a while, or even like maybe your first couple of yoga classes, because it's such a strong experience on the body, you may be in a pose that triggers a physical memory response a, a visceral memory. And you, it, it's a memory that's literally ca- encapsulated in your body. So happy baby, for example, is something that I'll share with yoga teachers or students. It's a little bit of a vulnerable position, happy baby or downward dog. So you want to just be mindful that they will bring up these memories sometimes. And if it does come up, come into child's pose, like it's totally okay. Like it this is part of the healing process as, annoying and painful as it may seem at the time. so yeah visceral memories uh, can come up at any point in the in the practice just because the body's trying to be like, hey this happened can we address this mm-hmm. Hey can we feel through this? can we discuss what happened here and um, it's actually an opportunity for healing if that if that does come up. I hope I answered that question. No,
1: you did. (laughs) And something that I wanted to add to that too is that it's going to come at different times. Like for me, when I've had those types of memories or these types of downloads of, oh my God, this is what I'm holding or this. And it's so interesting because I I stored paranoia in my hamstrings and I would sit in Pashimotanasana forever, which is like a seated forward fold. And I remember like, I would get these fears of like, what if I got stuck like this? Or what if I got buried alive? Or like, and I, and this was the position that I was in to where I would be alone in my room and I would like gasp and come up and be like, oh, like, oh my goodness. And it wasn't until like, I realized like, oh, this is a conversation and I can sit in this pose and tell my body, Hey, you're safe to fold into yourself. You're safe to bow. You're safe to surrender. You're safe to melt. And it was, it was so wild. Cause I don't think if it wasn't for seated forward fold, I wouldn't have gotten over my claustrophobia or my paranoia. Like it really was having this conversation of, oh my God, I see what I'm holding here. Let me breathe through this. I'm here for you. And on top of that, I do want to add, like, to me, it was also my body trusting me and believing in my strength to bring this memory up because I think it'll come, it's not going to, I I think the body will show this image to you or this memory to you when you're in a space to fully receive it and until then it's going to stay in the shadows until until you're until you have that space within you to come to it so when that memory does come up it's almost like your body is aware of your strength and that's why it's presenting itself
0: does that make sense oh my god i love that yes Yes. You are now in a place to heal me. You Mm -hmm. were, you were not in that place. There was no way, but now you are. Mm -hmm. I so agree with that. Mm -hmm. So agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think that's really beautiful. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it was really cool. I learned that in a book, uh, this
1: year. And I remember when I read that little passage, I was like, Oh, how beautiful, how beautiful the body's Mm -hmm. constantly talking to us and how beautiful it is to listen.
0: Yes. Yes. It's way more beautiful to listen Mm -hmm. than to ignore (laughs) that.
1: And even in the stickiness of listening, even in the stickiness of listening, it's like, it's this really intimate dance that you get to have with yourself. Correct.
0: Mm -hmm. Correct. And in that dance, you're just freeing yourself up for the more, you know, that's where the power of, I think, law of attraction becomes practical, super practical. It's like by releasing what doesn't really serve you, you're opening yourself up psychologically, emotionally for so many more good things that do serve you in this present lifetime Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's the whole process of letting go, going back to like step B of the, of the spiritual journey of like letting go of your trauma. The only way to truly let go of it is to go through it is to feel it is to mull it over is to cry is to scream is to orgasm through it you know yes. and there's there's so and yeah i just the way to let go of it is to just really really otherwise it's almost like you're suppressing it or you're ignoring it or you're bypassing yourself and i know i've done that several times i'm there's still moments where i'm like oh no 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 it's fine and then my body's like no girl it's not fine like we need to sit down <laughs>
0: that's so true. Oh my gosh. Just because seeing that we're on the topic and you said it like orgasm through it, like even when you're with people, you trust a partner that you trust someone that you truly, truly trust, it will, it will come up. And then it's okay for you. Cause sometimes I think, especially when you love someone, you're in the moment where you trust them and your conscious brain is like, it's fine. And your body's like, wait a minute, this isn't fine. It's actually a deeper, connection to say, wait, can we pause for two seconds? Something just came up for me. And I know that's like, oh, totally killing the mood or, but it actually will give you a deeper level of intimacy. Like when you take that moment.
1: I absolutely love that you said that. Cause this is something that I just learned, like kind of came to terms with of like, I've always heard like sex is a sacred energy exchange and going back to orgasm and crying And laughter, that's just energy moving in the body. That's all it is. And it's so true. Like people think like, oh, if you start laughing in the middle of sex or if you start crying in the middle of sex, like... His erection is going to go down or it kills the mood, like you said. And it's actually, no, the heart opens. And when the heart opens, the genitals engorge. And beyond that, like that's healing it. That's actual energy exchange, actual energy movement. And we've turned sex, especially in the Western world, to such a giant, like pornographic orgasm based thing. But no, sex is a healing modality sex is so intimate. It's so vulnerable. And the same way with asanas. So this is going to be just to kind of give lecture extra little tidbit to the Kama Sutra. People think that Kama Sutra is just sex positions. No, it's really asanas, which are yoga poses with another human being with your genitals touching. And it's like, we put these positions, maybe we can get into that too, of like one step at a time, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have so much to like- discuss. <laughs>
1: Of like of, of sexual positions, like it really is just different ways for energy to circulate through the body and like uh, doggy style, for lack of a better term, or cowgirl position is like different ways of connecting the points, the energetic points, the chakras together of moving that energy through the body. So it's really cool. But I was going to say, like, maybe we can get into like certain yoga poses that open up certain chakras, which, and then maybe we can, um, ground the term chakra for some people who don't really understand
0: what that is. Yeah. So a, a chakra or, um, I love how you, your pronunciation of it. Sanskrit's a dead language. So like, <laughs> even though there are certain people who are very, very, they're sticklers, their linguistics in Sanskrit. They're very like, no honor the language, which I totally agree with. I also love different people's. Uh, I love how you said it, but you say it kind of like, Chakra. Like, I don't know. It's chakra. <laughs> like, it's, it sounds so glamorous. So anyway, the, the chakra system is pretty much a system, uh, seven point system, seven point energy system that downloads and records some scars, some scars are experiences, our memory, our imprints. So root chakra is all about, uh, it's at your tailbone. It's all about grounding. But if you experience, um, you know, divorce, familial trauma, um, safety issues abundance issues you know grew up in poverty which is a trauma uh your root chakra may be affected in terms of not feeling safe feeling anxious feeling like you can't trust feeling you need to hold on to things sacral chakra which is what we're you know speaking about mostly jacqueline is about sexuality sensuality flow energy exchange um enjoying food enjoying art enjoying life and culture and energy it's it's really about being present so specifically talking about the root and sacral chakra just for, you know, the sake of, of keeping it, keeping it uh, focused, somewhat focused. Tantra <laughs> and yoga helps you really tap into those energy spaces so that they can clear out what doesn't serve them to really live up to their full energetical purpose, which is to really enjoy life, to really feel grounded in your bones, to really experience love, pleasure fully, um, and safety, safety is such a huge one, especially when it comes to root chakra. And I, and I'm very much also into Tantra yoga. And sometimes they think Tantra is just sex, but Tantra is about experiences. It's about living experiences in forms of meditation and yoga. And, um, yeah, sex is a part of that because sex is a part of life. Orgasming is part of life. And I think poses, whether you're doing it with someone, um, or on your own, I think poses, like you said, reverse cowgirl is, can be beautifully done in partner yoga as well. I love, I love doing partner yoga just because in a sense it's Tantra as well. It's tantric practice as well. It's just your clothes are on. Um, so for example, let's say happy baby, you just realized is a triggering pose for you. Um, but you feel really safe with your partner and you're working through it and you're healing, your partner guiding you to just kind of like open up the hips a little bit more actually adds to the healing because you're like, look, this is safe. This is a safe thing. I am generating my own form of safety and it will heal the hips, the hamstrings, but also root and sacral chakra areas. So it's all this big connection. I hope that, you know, kind of made sense. Same thing with downward dog downward dog is like an all chakra experience um but doing downward dog on your own and moving the legs and moving your feet and moving creatively will stimulate the sacral chakra lifestyle wise art the color orange, pleasure, passion, you know, self touch, and you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily touching your genitals if you're not ready, but softly touching your skin softly, you know, running your hands through your hair. There's something very healing and powerful and it will stimulate those energy points. So uh, that is kind of a very, very top of the iceberg explanation of movement, physical movement, asana, forward folds, for example, like you were talking about paschimottanasana, uh, such a great sacral chakra, like lower back pain, mm-hmm. hamstring tension. It's like you're trying to be, you're holding on to something. Mm-hmm. I'm working on um, splits right now. So splits is Hanumanasana after the God Hanuman. And he's like fearless. And I am going through so much fear. Ah, So much fear that I'm like, we're working on the splits just to release that fear to leap over and beautiful things happen when you find yourself in the pose, you're either like, Oh, I found myself in the pose and it's not that serious. Or it could be this whole, again, visceral memory experience of this is why I was scared. This is what I was holding. And this is what I need to let go of. So, um, all of them heal. Yeah. And, and it, And in a beautiful way,
1: too, there's been poses where I've been like, oh, my God, this is my body. Like, I am home in my body. And it's like I to where I'm in poses sometimes and I'm laughing and it's like, oh, my God, I've been running from you for so long. And that happens over and over and over again. You know, we do this ping pong of I'm running away and then no, I'm home. Uh, But two things Mm -hmm. that I would love to say is um, when it comes to like tension in the body and doing asanas, like whenever we're stressed out, we all know this, like the body tenses up. And I think what asana or breath work or sensual touch in general, it gives the body permission to come back online. Oh, it's safe to be here again. Oh, it's safe to relax. Oh, it's safe to feel. And we forget to do that very, very, very often, you know, mm-hmm. to where our body just becomes like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to stay offline or we're going to stay contracted. But it's, it, it the, we know that the mind and the body is very connected. And the more that you open, both open and strengthen physically, because there's a lot of strength that happens in yoga too. And for me, like the flexibility portion of it was, okay, release and open. The strengthening portion of yoga was like healthy boundaries, healthy protection, mm. healthy, yeah. masculine energy moving forwards. And so it's like, they're both really needed. And then on top of that too, like, if we're just going to get into like the, um, kinesthetic portion of it, you really, if you have flexibility with no strength, you're going to be hyper flexible and you're going to hurt yourself, baby. And we don't want that, you know? So it's like get mobility training in to the process of opening. You want to be strong, but you want to be limber and you want to be open, but you want to, you want to be with that openness, strong in that openness if that makes sense. And that's going to highlight the relationship you have to your mind and that's going to highlight the relationship you have with yourself and other people in life. And so, yeah, I I love I feel like we have very similar tidbits and very similar stories of like how yoga really brought us to ourselves. Yoga personally saved my life. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, like movement and breath is right here. And this is what my body has been craving for so long.
0: You know. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yes. 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 You just rained it on me. As you were speaking, I was just like raining the energy. I'm just like, let it wash over me because that's exactly it. It makes me want to take a yoga class with you. (laughs) It makes me want to take yoga with you, but it's, it's the truth. It's, and especially again, talking about choosing your, um, choosing your weapon for healing. You, It's like, if you hear yoga teachers speaking like this, if you hear wellness leaders speaking like this and you're like, oh my God, that's what I need. Try it, like try it out because that person may be speaking exactly your language. If you're speaking to maybe a leader, that's like a little bit more of a, a yang energy or masculine energy. And, you know, it, they may be, oh, just, it's all about the logic. It's all about that that's in the past and the boundaries within the mind. Um, but I, right now I am playing around with the feminine yin energy of the boundaries are also within the body. You said it so perfectly, so perfectly. Yes. Yeah. Another thing too, going
1: back to like yang and yin instructor instructors, um, like being, let's let's say, warrior two, for example, the teachers that are, and I think they're both very much necessary, warrior two with very correct form, making sure that the shoulders are stacked over the hips, shoulders are relaxed, drishti is at the mid finger because it shows you, it kind of gives you that blueprint of, hey, be aware, make sure that you're not moving this way or moving that way, like be very aligned, but then also bringing that yin energy of if I move a little bit in my warrior to what am I feeling? Where are my own personal knots? Because we can be in the same exact pose and be feeling two completely different things. And that kind of highlights into choosing your weapon for healing, choosing how you're going to feel liberation and warrior too. For you, it may be, okay, I'm going to be moving my hips. For me, it may be, I'm going to be moving my shoulders and we're not doing anything wrong. And so it's like, think of these asanas, think of yoga, think of any practice modality of here are the tools, here's the concept, here's the how to now play with it so that you can listen to yourself. Does that make sense? And another thing too, within the concept of yoga, like for, for people that are yogis to Yes, go to the studio, but also have an at-home practice and not like a sign in to an online website, but take some time on your mat to listen to where your body wants to go. Because so many of us, I mean, we just listen to what, Like we listen to somebody else's sequence versus our souls and you're going to receive so much information. And with that too, there's resistance. I know for me, whenever I started my at-home practice, there was a resistance in that of Oh, I'm not going to make the sequence look pretty, or I'm going to forget, or um, it's not going to be a cool, whatever the story is. And it really is an ego death practice of maybe it's just cat and cow for 10 minutes, or maybe it's just whatever it is. And you're going to learn so much through that as well. Um, But
0: yeah. Oh, my God. Piggybacking off that. Yes, that's exactly it. Because my narrative for avoiding an at home practice is. I don't have time. Mm. I don't have time. I don't have time. And really what I know when I say that, it's like, I want to run away. I don't really want to, I don't really want to look at myself right now. I really don't want to look at myself. I really don't want to look inside myself. I I really don't want to deal. I am so exhausted. I don't, I can't fathom dealing. And then you get on the yoga mat and you make the time and you're like, this is what I was running from. And damn, I'm so happy that I chose to make that time. I'm so happy. Yes. So
1: let's get into those blockages, that resistance, like how can we shift or hold the narrative of letting our resistance be invitations to
0: the self? Mm, Yes. I think the first step to that is recognizing where the resistance is. We are trained so much to view what's pretty, what's society's definition of success, what like you know, the nice things that, you know, we don't really talk about aversion. We don't really talk about what doesn't feel good, what doesn't feel pretty, what we may want to not look at. We're so running away from the things we feel an aversion to. So I think the first step is recognizing what makes your hair stand on ends. Is it, you know, practicing in front of a mirror like that? is a huge aversion for some people. They hate looking at themselves in the middle of your practice. Other people, they're like so distracted. They're like so in the mirror. You're like, focus on the practice. So figuring out where your aversions are, figuring out where the resistance is, what makes you feel icky and asking yourself why. Second step, I think, is asking yourself why. Why do I feel this way? Why is this coming up? Where are the narratives? I talk a lot about agreements. Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz talks a lot about agreements and that's where I honestly got it from, from the four agreements. What agreements was I born into? What agreements have I taken upon myself and been like, oh, this is the way. This is just the way because this is how life is. And you accept it kind of blindly. And once you figure out the why there is the aversion or why there's the resistance or the block, that's when you can choose your weapon For healing. How do you want to go about it? Do you want to challenge the fear? Do you want to look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I don't like how my hips look. I don't like how my belly looks. I don't like how this looks, but I also love myself and I love my body and it's okay to not always like myself and it's okay to not always think I'm beautiful and it's okay. And same thing for the person that's the opposite. That's like so deep in the mirror. It's like, he's avoiding coming inward or she's avoiding coming inward. And it's like, why am I avoiding this? And it's allowing yourself to kind of close the eyes and be like, this is weird. This is weird. Maybe me not being so outside of myself. It's weird accepting all of these things. So playing with the opposites can be a a modality. Um, Choosing to just not, it's like, I'm going to process this on my own and do something completely different is a variation for healing. So, and then you just go on the journey. I think the healing is the journey. The healing is the destination in Absolutely. a sense. Yeah. Cause it,
1: it, through the process of healing, you're con- you're always coming home. You're always looking at yourself. You can't heal without necessarily doing that. And that's low key where you want to be. Like that's the mm-hmm. destination is with yourself, you know? <laughs> yes. There's this woman that I really, really like her name is Christina LaCari. I don't know if you've heard of her. No. She's awesome. Um, she is a lot about, she takes a lot of Eckhart Tolle's practice, Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, I don't know, how to pronounce,
0: mm, yes. and,
1: and, but she's really like direct. And one thing that she said, I wrote it down because it was kind of like triggersome, but such a good question. She says, You say that you want to be free, but do you really? Because it's like we want to love, we want to come home to ourselves, we want to feel love and compassion. But when it comes to doing the work or really just becoming conscious and aware with ourselves, we tend to run away. So it's like, do you really want it? And when you think of this healing journey of not, oh, I need to fix anything. Cause that's where my resistance comes from. If I come into the practice of like, dang it, there's so much gunk. I'm going to have to face this. I'm going to have to face that. I'd rather just watch Netflix, the office on reruns all day long, you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it's like, if I say like, oh, actually I want to love, I want pleasure. I want freedom. I want to remember mm. who the fuck I want to reconnect to who yes. the fuck I am. Yes. Then I'm like, okay, let's, let me get on this mat or let me go take a walk or let me wash the dishes, whatever it is. Again, the wet, like it isn't stuck to the practice. What the, what the weapon is, I want to say yourself and maybe add to that. Cause this is your thing. Like it isn't the thing it's you and that's your weapon for healing.
0: I love that. It's not even like, and I love that you say like, this is really your, your thing. Like I kind of, I I thought about it, but it's really our thing. I just found my own type of words to describe what you're already doing, Jacqueline, what I'm already doing, what I think like a new wave of of wellness is trying to do and trying to really talk about and, and express themselves about. It's you, you are the weapon for healing, your shadow, your light your traumas, your your beautiful experiences, that it's all about you are your own weapon for healing. I love that. Yeah. So, ooh. Cool. Good. You found beautiful, <laughs> you found beautiful words to like add on to the beautiful words. Yeah. like, yes.
1: <laughs> and one thing that I, I want to add to, uh, so I have been practicing yoga for maybe six years now. Good gravy. In this past year, um, the attachment, I guess also like letting that modality, that Avenue, that, that vessel that you want to play with in terms of healing, like it's okay to let it go or to let it change. Cause I haven't been on my mat and got probably all year, maybe here and there. I've still been with movement and breath, but it looks nothing like Asana, girl. It is some weird movement having on my hardwood floors, you know? And it's really like going back to, I love yoga because it taught me how to listen to my body, how to get into poses, how to make sure that I don't hurt myself and things that level. It Like the yang energy came in clutch because it gave me the foundation. It gave me the blueprint of how to move inwards. And then yin came in and it was like, okay, girl, now let's play. Fuck all, fuck it all. Like, don't care about downward dog. I don't care about warrior two. Like what weird, beautiful, juicy, awkward shape can you get into? And something that I've kind of like, expanded my work around is like I said, moving away from Asana, I do two different things. I liked, I feel like we're so attached to prettiness. We're so attached to it looking nice. And, and whenever I went on this journey, I remember I was like, I would be alone in my room making really ugly. Like my body just needed to scream. My body needed to growl. And I remember I would be alone in my room and I would make these noises and I would get embarrassed. Like, oh my God, And it's like, girl, you're alone right now. Like if you can't be intimate with yourself, then who can you be intimate with, you know? And so I would make these noises and then same with my body. Like I would contort or squeeze or clench my body in ways that again, weren't attractive, weren't aesthetically pleasing. And I realized like, whoa, how attached I am to beauty and perfection so much that I don't even want to feel or contort myself into the ugliness. Does that make sense? And it's like when I finally, quote unquote, let go or let myself feel awkward or feel ugly, I felt so beautiful because I felt so in my body, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like this practice, I call it like embracing your divine ugly of like, let go of what you think it needs to look like. And get yourself into these positions where it's like sometimes the body needs to contract. Maybe you do need to hold or squeeze. I call it the nacho libre butt. You know, when he squeezes his butt Yes. Cheek. it doesn't look cute, but sometimes you need to hold your root chakra for a second. Like, I got you, bro. We're here, you know? Yes. And then yeah. oh, Banda. release. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And then, same with the beauty. Like, for some of us, like, some of us don't feel maybe feeling or looking beautiful is our trigger. And it's like, okay, can you softly touch yourself? Can you look in the mirror? Can you embrace yourself? Can you be beautiful and moan or laugh or releasing exhales and that be your medicine? So again, like asana is great, but so is doing whatever the fuck the body wants to do. And maybe, you know what? Maybe not even what the body wants to do because the body has its own conditioning, but what you intuitively feel like, oh, this is the direction I need to go. And it's going to trigger me and it's going to feel awkward and I'm probably going to cry, but so much of me is going to be seen by myself in the process of that.
0: Yes. That's such Shakti and sounding real yogi here, but it's such Shakti energy yes. that you're talking about. It's such divine Shakti energy. Yes. It's yes. Like, I love it. It's goddess energy is what I'm pretty much saying. It's yes. such goddess energy, accepting the energy. Ugly, well, society's definition of ugly or our own definition of ugly because what is really, that?
1: I mean, but Shakti energy is chaotic, is dark, is yes, oh, ooh, you know what I mean? That that destruction, if you will. I mean, what's her name, Kali? Kali. Like, okay, so check it out. That. Yeah, so, <laughs> so for the longest time, I'm a really sweet person, like, I'm really like chill, and I would always see like these other women be like you know, really take charge or fight or like, just be really loud with their words. And I always be like, damn, she is so Kali energy. And I would envy that. And it wasn't until this year where I started destroying my mental constructs and like destroying my habits that I was like, oh, I am Kali and the destruction of the things that are holding me back. And that was so Yay. cool. Cause I was like, oh, finally I'm in this, I'm in this realm. But for our listeners that have no idea what Shiva and Shakti energy is or masculine and feminine energy. Let's break down these characteristics for the logical mind.
0: I love how you say characteristics, because as we enter into an age of awareness, we are being aware that masculine feminine can be seen as this or that black and white. And we don't live in a black and white world. We live in a very colorful world. So in terms of masculine and feminine, how we use it is energy archetypes. There are these archetypes within our universal system, chaos and peace, uh, exhaustion and excitement, Um, you know, knowledge and logic versus emotions. And uh, between that is the connection in between, which I believe it's called in Sanskrit, like syzygy. It's this kind of infinity connection of exhaustion into excitement and awake. It's sadness into happiness and exploring all the levels in between. They're connected, Shiva and Shakti, masculine, feminine, sun and moon. So that's really what we're talking about. Nothing necessarily with actual sex or gender or sexuality. It's that those things live within us. Those things are always within us. Yang energy being sun, logic, masculine energy direction and, and. protection like let's yes. get a little bit deeper like
1: direction protection um like a linear goal um yes. giving like think of penetration not just with your penis but you enter a room and you're about to uh give a you're the guest speaker like boom you're penetrating yes. energy that's masculine energy versus feminine energy receivership uh surrender playfulness chaoticness emotion um playfulness creativity and if we even want to bring it a step more into rootedness, the left and the right hemisphere of the brain, Correct. Shiva and Shakti, right there. So it's not Correct. to me. It's like I love. I I live very much in the science realm and in the woo woo realm. Woo woo realm. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, but I love that they support each other. And so for the people that are like, oh no, we don't have like masculine, feminine energy. We have the creative side of the mind and then the mathematical, scientific side of the mind, the logical side of the mind. So it, th- these are very these energies manifest themselves into the physical form and we see it, in you know,
0: correct. We see it with left-handed and right-handed and and all of that as well. Oh yes. And then something let's, let's move it into like, um,
1: so I call it like a a pleasure palette uh, whenever I create like a sacred space, maybe we can get into through holding space for ourselves, how we're both masculine and feminine for that space for that. So like, I guess what I mean, like, Whenever you are going into your practice of healing, whether it's a yoga mat, self-pleasure, uh, running, whatever that may be, like the container is the masculine. The practice is the masculine. You staying when you want to run is the masculine. You mm-hmm not judging yourself for the emotions that are coming up is the masculine. You trusting your ability to feel this deeply, knowing that it's going to liberate you is the masculine container. And then what's mm. filled in that masculine container is the feminine components, the surrender to your own shit, mm. the flowing of the emotion, the playfulness or the juiciness that happens in that experience too. You know, yeah. it's not always, it's not always uh, gunky, um, Let's see what else is
0: there one that you want to add on either or that I may have missed. I, I love, no, that was perfect. And don't be surprised if they flip, don't be surprised if you see yourself crying to your yoga mat, like crying emotional and then being like, and then making the decision, which is more of a masculine. Don't be surprised if you're just so in your emotions, in your pain, in your grieving, that that actually leads you to make a choice to mm-hmm. make a decision, which is the feminine leading to the masculine in a mm-hmm. sense. So don't even be surprised if they flip, yeah. uh, at times. Yeah. I yeah. love that. You mm-hmm. described it perfectly.
1: Um, And then another thing too, because we release things, right? How do we make sure that we don't get back into the same slick pattern? Because there's been so many times Mm -hmm. where I've released, I'm like, oh, I get it now. And then boom, I'm back where I was a week later,
0: you know? Yeah. Never fall into the illusion that when we release, these things won't come up again. Yeah. Never fall into that illusion. I love that. That hit home for me just now. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) yeah it's true. it's like i I love the idea of um you know, welcome your emotions, welcome your narratives, welcome your pain um and the trauma like guests when they show up because it could be years, and then I think for example, this pandemic, all of the the guests this the the shit that I didn't have to deal with because it just wasn't coming up, the environment of the pandemic, the energy of the pandemic brought these emotions these traumas knocking at my door like hey remember me and I was like I thought I dealt with you and it's like honey technically I'm always going to be a part of you I'm a part of your shadow mm-hmm. one day you may not ever see me again but I'm here so let's play what's up yeah <laughs> you want to have a cup of tea like what's up and it goes right? back to like the the
1: visceral memory or maybe I'm, I'm misusing the word now but the the trauma is going to come up, but a different layer of it. It's like, think Ooh. of it as like, I don't know what it's like the die that has like 16 sides on it. I don't know what it's called. Yes. You know what I'm about, And it's like, you're always going to, you're going to get a different side. It's the same thing. You're going to just see it differently. And yes. it may hurt at different levels. You may see like, Oh, like at, you may see like, Oh, this is how it's showing up in my relationships. Now. This is how it's creating a block now. And every time a trauma or a trigger comes up, like I said, it's an invitation to meet yourself. It's an invitation to move deeper. And sometimes we are going to run from it. And I think that's poss- That's also one of the most powerful things that we can do because perhaps the first step is, oh, there's a trigger here. All right, I'm going to dip for a little bit because this is too much right now, but at least I've pin marked where I can come back to and move with it, you know, and it may take three days. It may take some years, but trust that when it comes up, it came to come up and your reaction is the reaction that needs to happen, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. I, I love that because you're right. There are, there is certain experiences in traumas where it's like, I'm going to put a pin, you know, that memory that came up was definitely a, a 23 year pin, mm. you know, that was put in, in that trauma until like you said, so beautifully You gain the strength, you gain the emotional readiness, you ask the question that's directly influenced by that trauma, that fear. And when you ask the question, that's when it's like, all right, you're ready because you asked, you asked, let's talk about it. So I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wild journey. Such a wild journey. It is. It's life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's life. It's like, it's, healing is a part of life as exhausting as it can be sometimes. And also, I think that's part of choosing your weapon. I'm in that this week, like the healing just kind of got really exhausting for me oh. this week. And I, and I was like, you know what, it's okay to not always work on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Always work on the healing. Like if this is your 15th podcast that you've listened to on healing and you feel drained and exhausted and you're not enjoying our beautiful words, then it's okay to take a break. Yeah, go listen to (laughs) some music. What
1: go Witch Watch TV. It kind of makes me the analogy makes me think of like, don't work so hard and so often that you don't get to enjoy your money. Mm. You know, it's like don't be so stuck on fixing yourself or healing that you don't just get to sit back and chill and hang out with your friends or go to a walk. And that's healing too. You're going to receive so much downloads and like that's yin energy right there. Like, okay, I'm just going to let go. Like the yang energy I would say is the healing. And then it's like the integration of, okay, I'm just going to sit and surrender and see what happens now. So yin, so Shakti. But yeah, that's such a good point. Cause I feel like I even get stuck into the mix sometimes of like, Oh, I got to, I keep, I got to keep doing the work and I'm exhausted, but I'm exhausted because there's more work. And it's like, no dude, like, yeah. And then it, it can also re-traumatize you too. If you're mm. constantly going through the files and constantly trying to chisel away, it's like, give yourself a moment to integrate. Same with like working out. It's like, you don't do legs every single day for 24 hours a day. It's like, no, you actually one hour, maybe three times a week because your body needs to restore. Exactly. Same
0: exactly. That's exactly it. Yes, that's exactly it. It's okay to watch a reality TV show that has nothing to do with healing trauma. (laughs) You know, it's okay to also be in your feels for a day and be like, I'm just going to be in my feels like there's, you know, I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling a bit of depression because I'm working on this. And no matter how much yoga and self-development that I try to, um, you know, work with, I still am going to be in my feels. And that's okay. It's okay to be in your fields for a day or a week or however long you need. Yeah. Yep.
1: I love that. It's a beautiful reminder for me.
0: Even though I know I'm like, oh yeah, I can.
1: I could just chill for a second.
0: <laughs> it's a beautiful, I think it's a beautiful reminder for me too. Now I'm actually getting more into, um, I actually am the type of person that it's, I'm more of the avoidant person. I'm more of like, oh no, this is going to come up. This is going to come up. And I'm like, no, I'm not ready for it. So now I'm kind of making peace with the, um, discipline of the practice and, and doing yoga because I know it's my lifestyle medicine right now, and being okay to be in my feels. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling depressed today. That's okay. I'm feeling anxious today. That's okay. I'm not gonna run from it. I'm gonna do yoga. I'm gonna take care of myself. But I'm also not gonna attach to the medicine as a way out either. I'm just yeah. gonna go for it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Very cool. There's something else that I was gonna add, and gave to my mind.
0: Yeah, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like I know you. This is like side yes. topic, I totally <laughs> feel like i like, did I meet her as a kid or something? I, like, <laughs> that would have been I awesome. like I feel like I know you and I don't know why, but it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess my question for you is what is your weapon that you right now are playing with in terms of healing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: dancing. Like just dancing and like, like I said, like the weirdest, most beautiful. So I kind of do like a dynamic of like contemporary belly dancing floor work, like sensual floor work, and then just the ugliest thing in the entire universe. And it's like, I feel like whatever emotion I'm feeling, I just want to act on it. So if I'm feeling rageful, like I just want to shake and like literally get that energy out of my body. Or if I'm feeling sexy, like I want to ground that and really like caress my breast and move my hips. Mm. And yeah, so I would say, um, dancing, like just movement in general and then painting. Uh, so I got into painting through a psychedelic journey and uh, I went, I was with a girlfriend of mine who's a painter and we we ate some mushrooms and, Uh, you know, I'm painting on this canvas and I'm making like really neat lines and I'm making sure that nothing comes out of the box, you know? And I look over at her and she's like throwing paint on the canvas and moving it around and smearing it all over. And I look at mine and I realize I'm such a control freak that even on mushrooms, I don't want to make a mistake on a canvas to where it doesn't even matter if it comes out ugly or not. You know what I mean? Oh my God. God. And uh, so, yeah, so I've, I've been doing that and it's like, it's a, it's beautiful. Cause I get into a meditation without the intention of meditating. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to play with these colors. I'm going to play with this texture. I'm going to play with this light. Like, and that's been like healing in a sense of it, it feels good to play again and to mm-hmm. work on a project. And it doesn't fucking matter how it comes out. Cause it doesn't matter. It's okay. It doesn't mean anything about me. My worth doesn't go down. It doesn't mean that I'm not, it, it's just, it's, it was so interesting how attached I was to perfection that I wouldn't allow myself to explore. And that has been a really cool healing journey for me.
0: Oh my God. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. I also love, you know, I love that. I was very afraid of uh, psychedelic, you know, spiritual, spiritual journeys. And especially because manic depression runs in my family. So I'm like, I don't know if this is going to affect me in a, a negative way, but um, if it is for you, if it is a path for you, very eye opening, very healing. As long as you treat it in a form of ceremony and respect, I think. Um, and you know, for me, I always am aware that for me, my practice—it's entering a spirit realm, it's entering a side of yourself, scientifically as well as spiritually—that's very vulnerable place, and it is a lot like, ironically, sex. You are you are very, getting very intimate with yourself through um, these properties that are going to induce this sense of openness within you. So I think, yeah, it can be so healing, so eye-opening. And I love that. And I love what you said about, I was thinking about that the other day. It's funny you talk about Kali because the goddess I'm trying to get into right now and be more like is actually Lakshmi, which you would think is like the opposite of Kali, but it's so not. Because... Well, tell me about
1: Lakshmi. I've never heard of her.
0: Oh, oh my God, girl. You're going to love her. Okay, so <laughs> Lakshmi is the goddess of abundance. Mm. She is literally all about summer season. She is about love. She's about birth. She's about commitment and marriage on the most beautiful partnership level. She's about money. She like, you know, all the stock people in India go and pray to Lakshmi at the end of like a quarter. Cause they're like, please God has locked me like blesses. But it's so much more than money. Abundance is so much more than money. It's also about accepting yourself completely. It's also about recognizing that it's okay to invite in the good. It's a, not all stories end in heartbreak. Mm-hmm. There are stories that end in happiness and love even if there is heartbreak there. Mm-hmm. Even if there is heartbreak somewhere mixed in. There is a beauty to all of that. So I I Kali really resonates with me like let's burn shit and let's get really like but I always that was how I survived so now I'm trying to play around with Lakshmi energy as well where it's like it's okay to invite in oh you are worthy of the Mm. beautiful you are worthy of the good and uh it doesn't have to be you don't have to be warrior all the time. You don't have to be like, let's burn shit. And let's like, yeah. you know, there is, there is power to that. There are times where it's like, no, no, this needs to go. That comes so easily to me sometimes that I think it's okay to invite in and trust your instincts on the good trusting mm-hmm. your instincts is like huge abundance mentality stuff, trusting your,
1: and I would also soul. say like root chakra healing to trust your, to trust yourself with safety. That means you feel safe in your body. And I really like, cause something that I wanted to add, and I love how it's going to go in, in union between Kali and Lakshmi is like to face your shadow facing and, and touching your shadow creates that sense of safety and trust. Because when the shadow comes up, your body's begging, your mind is begging, hey, please let's move this. Hey, please let's face this so that we can remove it and you can feel more of me. And so that's very Kali energy. And then through the process of letting it go and then opening, you can't, it's very difficult to receive love and healthy dynamic relationships of any kind if you don't feel safe in your body, if you're holding on to your trauma. It's very difficult to ask for a pay raise or get a job that feels in union with you if there's still poverty trauma or unworthiness trauma that you're holding on to. You know what I mean? There's so many like through the, the, you receive and open up so much because you feel safe and worthy when you do that, the shadow work. So I feel like they really are in union. Just like you said, it's like to be in complete receivership and to really open notice the parts of yourself that that are contracted and think otherwise and don't Mm -hmm. shame them and don't blame them. But sit with them and talk to them and open them, release them. And that's the step B. If you don't just let go. All right, well, I'm, I'm done like with um, my poverty trauma. It's like, oh, no, this is here. Let me see it and open it. And then I let it go. And perhaps it, maybe letting go is an interesting word, too, because letting go, we think of, you know, Jack from the Titanic. He goes to the bottom of the ocean and we never see mm. him again. <sighs> that i guess maybe that's what we think of but she still held jack with her you know what i mean like that yes. was that he was the one like whenever they're on the the little wood thing he was like you're going to have so many babies and you're going to do this and you're going to do that like the letting go if she didn't let go that would have never happened
0: exactly. so it's like
1: i don't know i feel i don't know how to bring it in if that made any sense at all that makes so much sense
0: your to be honest, your traumas, those experiences offer you portals to blessings, offer mm. you gateways to blessings. Yeah. That's exactly it. Like, letting him go was the most painful thing she could have done. Yeah, everybody's crying at that part of the movie. Everyone's right? crying. Everybody's in the crying. <laughs> Everyone's crying at the theater. But everyone cried more when they saw what he left with her mm-hmm. what you are with the the strength the resilience the new perspective the new way of living i don't feel you know personally me i don't feel like the same person i was when i was holding on yeah. um and that's the gift you're no longer and that's true ego death you're no longer who you thought you were who you think you need to be you have transformed into a new phase of who you are, a new cycle of who you are. Mm-hmm. So I think letting go is letting grace in and mm-hmm. letting all the the beautiful things that come with that, letting that in as well.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. gorgeous. It makes me think, like I said, like the constriction shows you where you're not opening. So it's like, you get to see like, Oh, how can I open more? And then in the process and the topic of ego death, I mean, the resistance that comes towards that the way that we can show compassion for it is of course, this part of you feels unsafe dying because this is what has kept you safe. And this is the program that you've been operating on for so long. Mm -hmm. You truly don't know who you're going to be. When you let go of your trauma, you truly don't know who you're going to be when you open up and you receive and you heal and you realize how fucking worthy you are. When you realize who the fuck you are. Yeah. Oh my God. This is a whole new, this is a whole new game, different rules, different board, you know? And it's like, so that resistance, like it show compassion of, thank you so much ego for protecting me. Now, trust me, we're going to enter this new level. Mm -hmm. This is where we're moving now. And it, I mean, going back to like, that shocked the energy too, because that's the unknown. That's the darkness. And something that Joe Dispenza says, he's like, if you don't know where you're going good, because you haven't been there before. And if you've been there before then you're just recreating that same pattern over and over and over again. So it's like actually yes, let's let's put you to rest trauma, pain, self-doubt so that we can explore more.
0: Yes. Oh my god, you summed it up. You su- like that's pretty much what it is. That's what and it's great I thought <laughs> we talk about Titanic. It's like we just <laughs> need to talk about Titanic for like 2 seconds. It's but it's it's so true. It's like it was such um it's such a divine Shakti energy, the idea of like saying no to your narratives saying, and you know, Jack in a, in a sense was saying no to some narratives. Like he was such in a place of no, he's like, this is not me, this doesn't have to be me. And this doesn't have to be you. It was almost like, I'm going to get emotional, but Jack is the new narrative. And I think our relationships in our lives can be new narratives, if we open ourselves up to the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I Titanic is a great metaphor. I love that movie so (laughs) much more now. I'm like, oh, I love it. And it's aging so well. I don't know. Like, you know how certain movies like age kind of, but it's like, I feel like it's going to go next to Casablanca, where it's like, it's going to be for the time period, but it's going to age so well in the time period that it was in. And just like, I, I don't know. I love, I love that film. (laughs) Yeah. It was a great film. It was a beautiful film.
1: But yeah, I love it. So choosing your weapon for healing is yourself. Choosing mm-hmm. yourself
0: over and over and over again. The parts you love, the parts you don't love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of it, all of it. <laughs> yep. what a
1: beautiful ride. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else you want to throw into the mix? Any topics, any downloads that you're receiving right now?
0: No, I think we we covered a lot of it. Mm -hmm. I think I'm like, I'm like, I think we touched on, on all of it. I'm surprised we touched on all of it. There's nothing. I'm trying to think there's like nothing more that I can add right now or, or think I want to say, but, uh, yeah, you are your own weapon for healing. Yes.
1: And nobody can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. You know? No,
0: no, 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 no. Mm No, no, no. Very cool.
1: All righty, Lisa. So tell us where we can find you, any projects that
0: you're working on. Um, you can find me on com, where I have a YouTube channel and an Insight Timer uh, p- profile page, and I'm coming out with a couple of things. For Insight Timer, like an online course, ironically, on abundance. Yes. This awesome. I love Insight Timer. I'm gonna come find you. Oh my God, please come find me. Please come find me. And uh yes, I'm a meditation on Insight Timer. That's like kind of how I was able to connect with Shushbox and so many other beautiful wellness leaders. And um, I'm coming out with like a course, and and then once that course has been Given birth and life to. I can go back to just creating content and meditations and uh, yoga sequences on manifestation, law of attraction, and using yoga tools and healing as a form of uh, law of attraction and manifesting your desires. So if you are interested in any of that, come hit me up. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so
1: much again. The article uh, is on the Shishbox website. It's called Choosing Your Weapon for Healing. It is so good and so moving. And you wrote another one for us too on, uh, it was like a witchy vibe. Remind me the name of that one. It
0: was like, I forgot. It kind of came to me. It was actually talk about choosing your weapon for healing. It was a way to warm me up into writing that article Mm. of of choosing. It was a way I was on a very witch vibe. It's Halloween and you know, it's, or it's going to be Halloween It's the month of October. And I was thinking about all the women and the idea of the word witch and witchcraft and, you know, what it means to be a witch and how many women in this modern day century would have been called a witch or burnt at the stake for being a witch because of their modern day ideas and which witch and sexuality and sensuality and trauma are very much intertwined. So I just kind of wrote it and I was like, Hey, if you guys want to use it for a Halloween kind of vibe, and like we are all witches, I am a witch, you are a witch, Jacqueline. Like we are, it is, you know, Brujas of Brooklyn, which they're Kundalini uh, yoga teachers, as well as professors. They pretty much say a, a witch is a woman that cannot be fucked with, you know, a person that cannot be fucked with. Yeah, so yes. that is, I like, think we need to take that word back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I really
1: love, uh, somebody asked me yesterday, he, uh, a friend of mine came over to my house and he was just kind of looking at my things. He goes, are you a witch? And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say yeah. that. And it isn't like the the spell, I'm not constantly doing spell work, but I'm mm. constantly tuning into my energy to create my life, to navigate my life, to navigate
0: and to connect to myself. So it's like, yeah, I'm a witch yes. bro. Thank you for noticing yeah don't <laughs> you. I'm so happy that we're taking that word back, especially as yoga teachers and healers, because it's like you don't have to necessarily you can do spell work or you or you don't have to. Yoga is a form of spell work, meditation is a form of spell work, but you said it perfectly. It's using your energy to manifest the life you deserve and and giving that opportunity to others as well. So yes, we are definitely we're definitely witches. We need to take that that word back from the patriarchy and you know, that witches are supposed to be either these enchantresses or, and I, I did write about that the idea of the enchantress, the enchantress kind of like pulling you in. And it's like, oh, she bewitched him. But a lot of the times there are these guys who were abusers who were like, oh, she bewitched me. And it's like, I didn't bewitch this dude. It's like, nope, you did. You bewitched me. And they were called witches for we pretty much bypassing that this abuser was getting away with all of these things. So we need to take that word back. And I take that word back for you, Jacqueline, and for all the women. Yes. All the women out there. Yeah. And w- witches and wizards and anything in between. Anything in between. Exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, another thing too, just really quickly, because whenever you said en- t- enchantress of tuning into that energy, again, Shakti, very yin. Of receiving mm. it makes me think of the yoni of the vagina when she's really yes. aroused i mean she is calling you in yes and yes, i was just yes. like oh i want that to be in my heart i want my heart to be an enchantress of just like you know calling it in
0: yeah. Oh, calling well.
1: it in, being okay with it and seducing it in them. it's yes. like oh when we think of our lives as like oh i'm gonna play with this energy in a playful, sensual, youthful, but I know you want me and I want you to, but let's linger in this energy so that it's juicy. Oh, that's a fun way to interact with life. Not just our partners, but life.
0: You said it perfectly. That's exactly it. R- riding the peak of your desire as a form of living your life. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Love, love it, Oh my god, I um, love it. Did you too. give us your Instagram handle? Oh, yes, my Instagram, same as my name, at Lisa Polpa. My first name and my last name, Beautiful. all together. The Shush Box podcast is brought to you by the team
1: at Shush Box. We are a wellness platform created by survivors for survivors. For more information, head to www.shushbox.com and check us out on Instagram at underscore shushbox.